Welcome into South of Scruffy Podcast. I'm Ben Fields. This is my podcast. We gonna do it. Thanks for being here. I got a big show. A triple header. Never done a triple header before. First one. But this is the last of the Second Bell podcast that I recorded back at the end of September, early October at Second Bell Music Festival in the Airstream by the banks of the Tennessee River. And I've got to give a shout out to Rusty Odom, who was sure to fill the South of Scruffy Airstream up with as many guests as possible who were playing at the festival, at the comedy tent, at the music stages. I just can't thank Rusty enough for filling the bill up and for keeping the stuff coming for you guys for, you know, over a month now. So the three different chats you'll hear today. I've got Corey Ryan Forrester and Drew Morgan from the Well-Read Comedy Tour and the Well-Read Podcast. That's W-E-L-L-R-E-D. You guys might remember the liberal redneck craze that went viral back in 2016, 2017, 2018, when you started to see some guys on social media who talked like they were from the South, but didn't sound like they were from the South. They were talking about liberal views, which was Kind of a hilarious dichotomy. And those are two of the guys that kind of jumped on that train with Trey Crowder, I think, who was the first one who kind of made it famous and made a space for these guys, Corey and Drew, who were already doing this stuff. But it just made people realize that they had space in their brains and their heart for this kind of stuff and this kind of comedy. So I talked with them. I also talked with Matt Donnelly, the mind noodler, who's a comic magician or a magic comedian. I don't know. But he was great. Never met the guy before, and we had an awesome chat. He lives in Vegas and is doing the thing. He's with Penn and Teller as a comedy writer on their TV shows. And he's the co-host of Penn's podcast, Sunday School. And then I talked to the boy, the prodigy, Tyler Larrabee. He's a music promoter that's 20 years old. He might be 21. I don't know. He might be 19. But he is doing more in the music industry than most 50-year-olds. He's promoting music festivals. New Ground Music Festival is his deal. And then he's at River Breeze Event Center helping them with their lineup and their booking and their logistics, getting that new venue up and off the ground. That place is on the banks of the Holston River where you can take a boat and anchor up and listen to music if you want. But you can buy a ticket too and go inside. It's a super cool spot and I'm glad that me and Tyler finally got to catch up because I hadn't talked to him in over a year and it was good to hear what he'd been up to both with New Ground Music Festival and his other endeavors. All right, now I have a little update for you guys about the podcast. As you guys may know, I record the podcast in the shop behind my house. It's a detached building from my house, but it was like a storage space, garage kind of deal that I started doing the podcast out of until the podcast became a real thing that was kind of taken off. And I realized that I had to make it a little bit of a nicer place for people to come and sit and chat with me. And I need to get the lawnmowers out of here. I need to get the gas cans out of here. I needed to insulate it. So it wasn't zero degrees by the time we got done with our chats, but to do all that, I had to build a shed to put all the stuff that was in the shop somewhere else. So I could make this the podcast studio. Did that about a year and a half ago, and this morning I walk out, and I'm hearing some meows that I've heard for the last couple days coming from underneath the shed behind the shop. And I look underneath, and there's a cat, a feral kitten, living underneath the shed. So I got a roommate. Uh, we, We fed him. We got some water out. We'll see if he ever comes around, becomes part of the family, or or not. I mean, he might not. He might just run away, or you know, like most of the cats in the neighborhood, find somewhere else to go. I don't know. We'll see. But I had to give you that update in case you hear some meows here in the intro or outro of the podcast. That's what it is. It's our new buddy. His name's Timberlake. JT. That's a working title. But let's uh, let's get into my first chat with Matt Donnelly, the mind noodler. We started off talking about a Rubik's Cube. I thought he was a, a comedian when we first started. Turns out he is, but he's also a magician, maybe magic first. I don't know. But by the end of it, I really understood 
where he was coming from, what he did, and where I recognized him from, because I've seen him a lot in the past. So I hope you guys enjoy my chat with the mind noodler, Matt Donnelly. Here it is. We're doing the podcast. You know, you know how to solve one? Uh, I'm bad. I can, it would take me like too long. Really? Yeah. I, I, I watched a YouTube video uh, a little while back and uh, it took me two days, but I figured out how to serve a, solve a Rubik's Cube and I do it in about a minute now. Oh, nice. That's yeah. good. Well, it's nice to meet you, Matt. Nice to meet you, man. Yeah. So uh, I'm a huge fan of stand up comedy. I, uh, I think it's fascinating. It's obviously taken off like crazy. Uh, podcasting is a big reason for that. You have the yeah, Mark for sure. Marins, the Joe Rogans, every comedian, Theo Vaughn, all, all of them have super successful podcasts and yeah. they seem to be pushing the, the stand up comedy movement so far forward. Well, it's, it's, it's happening for, uh, I do comedy magic and it's happening for magic as well. Really? I mean, I started as the co host, you know, Penn and Teller. Yeah. So Penn has a pe- podcast called Penn Sunday School and I'm a co host of that podcast. That's awesome. How's that? going oh it's going great it's going great yeah. i've been doing it for about uh almost nine years now i guess really where are you yeah. from uh originally from jersey okay. but i've been out in vegas since 2008 okay you still there yep so still, still in vegas so magic and comedy so is there like this uh they've all they always go hand in hand like any good magician it you know the, the act has a lot of comedy well the joke is that they're bad at both so <laughs> okay. we, I, let's it. just get that out of the way okay that, well, that's what people think <laughs> So is 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 magic uh, part of your comedy act, or is comedy part of your magic act? Well, I started I started doing comedy when I was like 15 years old. Okay, and I started doing in Jersey, uh, in Jersey, doing okay. shows every Friday and Saturday, and an improv show, and then in New York, uh, did a lot of stuff at you know UCB and, and nice. people's improv theater and, and places like that, and taught all over the city and stuff like that. And then um, even even when I went to Vegas, I got to be in um, I got to do improv with Wayne Brady for while he was doing his wow. show at the Venetian until he closed it. Wow. So it was, uh, a comedy was definitely my main deal. And then uh, as a comedy writer, I was working on a show called Penn & Teller Fool Us. Okay. Where Penn & Teller have magicians try to fool them, and if they do, they give yeah. a prize or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that show gave me like an unfair education uh, of magic, you know? Ah, and then, yeah. Uh, but I you were a writer on I was that? a writer, and I was a writer for okay. Penn & Teller, a comedy writer for, for them for other projects as well. Nice. Uh, and so I was just mouthing off to Penn – I was like, you know what? These guys, I had to do, I, I, I interview all of the contestants, you know, yeah. before they talk to the hosts. And so I was like, man, all these people make a living doing magic. I should just learn like four tricks, right? And I could just make a living doing magic. <laughs> and he looked at me like, it's harder than you think, you know? He's like, but then he's like, but you might be better than you think. He goes, why don't you try to learn me how one goddamn trick first? You know? <laughs> and so uh, I did. I took him up on it. I, yeah. went, I went and tried to learn a magic trick and uh, I really liked it. Yeah. And then uh, I basically was like, oh, you know what? I freaking know so many magicians around this town in Las Vegas. I bet they'd all teach me one trick. But nobody would like apprentice <laughs> me, right? Like no one's going to take me to their wing. You crowdfunded your acts. I that did. That's exactly what I did. Uh, uh, 100%. I, I, I went to all the magicians and said, well, you teach me one trick. And then I put up a crowdfunder and said, hey, if I did a magic show where seven magicians taught me seven tricks, would you come see it? Oh, and man. I successfully crowdfunded a show. And that show changed my life. That's amazing. Yeah. I did. Uh, I, I looked at uh, Penn and Teller did a, ma- a master class. Yes. And I'm I w- in that. Are you? Okay. Yeah. That's why you look familiar. I saw you. Uh, yeah. I, I, I probably look less sweaty unless like I'm about to pass out, but that's what happened. <laughs> uh, I'm one of the, I do one of the advanced classes in the master class. That's where I recognize you from. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm messing up a trick bad and they're <laughs> doing, giving me a lot of corrections <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm in front of like, you know, $2 million of camera equipment and my idols while I sweat and I'm t- terrified. And uh, uh, yeah, I'm on the master class. I yeah. mean, it, it sounds like you found a good, a good way and a good, living doing this man yeah it's been a wild ride i mean i and i'm so lucky i mean i struggled in comedy forever you know mm. and i had little breaks here little breaks there but nothing ever like stuck you know and so uh i know that i've had it very easy in magic really yeah i mean piff the magic dragon is a big he's a sarcastic little british magic dragon yeah. uh had a big run at america's got talent he tours all the time and he was one of the magicians who taught me a trick and then he, he saw my act and said yeah come open for me and so i spent my first two years a magic opening for Piff on tour How awesome um, and comedy clubs across yeah. the country. And so I, you know, uh, got super sharp that way. Do you catch flack from uh, purist yeah. comics? Yeah. What's that like? Uh, you know, there's snobs in every profession, yeah. right? You know, I mean, it's kind of like, uh, uh, 
you know, it's, it's a, he's a, I've done stand up too, and I never got fantastic at it. But when you're around stand up and you say, I also do writing and I also do improv and mm. I also do sketch, they kind of roll their eyes. Like you're not, then you're not in the game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so for magicians, it's like I didn't come up doing pure magic and going to the magic camps and doing the weird festivals and stuff like that. And so, yeah, there, there's uh, the, there's haters everywhere. And also, like, they're not wrong. Like, uh, I did get handed everything to me by famous magicians. Okay. <laughs> so, like, they're not wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, everybody, gave, everybody gives Carrot Top such a hard time. But people say he's, like, the coolest dude. He's and- the nicest guy. I always say, I, yeah, because I, I, I was in New Not York. a magician, I know. I guess a prop prop, prop comic. comic. Yeah. But uh, I say to people all the time, because I, 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 I grew up, in, you know, um, going to New York and doing comedy in New York. So, like, Carrot Top is the antithesis, right? Like, you want to hate that guy yep. for being a lame prop comic. Yeah. And uh, and so even when I moved to Vegas, I moved in 2008, and some of them was like, oh, I'll get your tickets to Carrot Top. And I was like, sure. You know, like, <laughs> Do I so to? drippingly sarcastic. How, like, much, how much are you going to pay me to yeah, take them? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I went and I was like, oh my gosh, that was one of the funniest shows I ever saw. Yeah. And so then I started doing it as a bit, like all my the, my snottiest comedy friends, you know? I'd be like, we're going to go see Carrot Top. They're like, we are not. I was like, we are. <laughs> and I, every time they ever like, man, that guy is much funnier than I thought he was. And he works harder than, than you think he does. Well, it took, it seems like it, it took him 30 years to get respect. Like people were, were yeah. laughing at his stuff, but now it seems like people really are like, okay, this it's, guy has, he's residency in Vegas. He's actually made a living and he's the man. He changes it. up his act constantly too. Does he? That's the crazy thing. People don't, like he stays in current event stuff. So. He's always changing his act. That has to be hard in in stand up. I know that you know people always talk about working on a routine and then putting out a special and then having to come up with an entire yeah. new hour. Yeah. Uh, how coming from a comedy writing background, uh, does that come easier to you to come up with new material because that's where you come from? Um, a little bit. Yeah, I'd say the harder part is that magic is like it's so much harder. It takes so much longer to grind and figure out how a magic trick works well. Than mm. it does for a comedy bit. Gotcha. You know, like you, you can put up comedy bits trial and error really fast and different. You know, it's not a lot right. of like it's not a lot of like constant like magic open mics and yeah. like little places where you can do ten. Like either you're doing a show or you're not. Yeah. So it's very hard to uh, um, to to work in new things. Yeah. And not make your show terrible. So how do you how do you work your how do you work your uh, your magic act and make and workshop it and play it around town do you do clubs do you do you know busking yeah, stuff what the hell do you do to, to get i find your... that there's like little magic theaters it's, it's magic's more popular than ever really you know yeah and so like you go to these... thank joe bluth for that <laughs> uh but yeah there's a lot of places where like they'll have like a magician you know just be the magician of the place where they serve like a fancy dinner somewhere uh, and that yeah. kind of thing and so uh, i'll play those places to try new material out there okay because then if i leave it's them that gets the yelp review not me you know yeah so well, I'm about to go see your show in like 20 minutes. Yes. What, what should I expect to uh, to see? What's your show like? Uh, it's a very silly. It's a very comedy forward magic show. It's almost okay. as if it's more like, you know, remember like Amazing Jonathan and that kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I'm more, I'm not, I'm not making fun of magic. I definitely try to do the best magic tricks I can mm-hmm. do, but you might not think it watching my show is it self-deprecating at all yeah okay yeah, yeah. cool I, guess I wear my i wear overalls i wear working boots okay. i'm a my noodler it's just uh it's a very silly show i make Were, a giant fish come out of nowhere i can't wait i'm, I'm really excited now. <laughs> so, so what's next uh what's next after second bell are you going back to vegas or i'll go back to vegas for a little while and then i have a show in austin texas and then i'm going up to folsom california okay but all the stuff I'm, I'm at mind noodler on instagram if you're yeah. curious about following me yeah i saw you all i saw you playing a few shows on the on yeah the, uh, on the bill yeah just yeah yeah i'm doing four sets here at the second bell fest i just came in for doing a show in lake tahoe so okay. yeah all right, at my noodler on yeah. Instagram, dude. I'm very excited. I'm excited to meet you. I'm even more excited to go see your show. Here well, thanks, man. Bit. Thanks for chatting with yeah, me. Yeah, of course. And good luck out there. And I hope we get to do this again sometime. Oh yeah, somewhere yeah. along the path. Anytime. I love it. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, man. Well, that was a good bit of healthy, clean fun. What a dude. Glad to know that man and glad to keep up with his career. I've been watching his YouTube stuff. He's hilarious and really good at his craft. Check on him if you're ever out in Vegas. Track him down. All right, next up, Tyler Larrabee. A dude who I have a huge soft spot for and I'm so glad to see the passion coming out of that man. He's doing awesome things. He's pissing off my neighbors with his loud music festivals across the river and lake shore. It's great. But the neighbors love him now. Used to be a thorn in their side. 
Now they like hearing his music festivals happening across the river. But uh, here, enjoy my chat. Here he is, Tyler Larrabee. We're doing the podcast. What'd you say? I said this little setup you've got is amazing. It's pretty cool, isn't it? It's sick in the airstream. (laughs) On site? We just got to do it in between sets so there's not thumping bass in the background. Does this... Okay, be honest. Does this... Oh, hold on. I forgot. You got got your walkie on, baby. I got to turn this off. (laughs) Be honest. Does this airstream have better acoustics than the garage? No way. (laughs) Dude, since you've been there, we uh, soundproofed it. We put insulation in. It sounds... Dude, it's dead in there. Oh, Yeah, this room's a little live. It is. You know? But it is. it's the best we can do. I couldn't bring the shop here <laughs> to bring the airstream, you know, to the banks of the Tennessee River. Dude, no, but this is like probably the coolest podcasting setup I've ever seen. It's so pretty 10 neat. Out of 10, Dude, pound it. Yeah, this bump. <laughs> Dude, uh, okay, so New Ground. Was New that ground. last week or two weeks ago? Two weeks, okay. September 17 and 18. How was it? It was great. It I went- heard it was out of control. <laughs> Everybody enjoyed enjoyed it. That's what I heard. There was there was some out of control. We had Nordista Freeze performs every year, and yeah. his set was crazy. He took all his clothes off down to his underwear. He threw up off the side of the stage. He climbed up on the roof. People moshed so hard the barricades fell over. <laughs> <laughs> there's like literally a- there's literally a photo i know the people uh listening won't be able to see this but i'm gonna just show you while i'm talking about it but there's a photo of me like i had to dive over into the front of the barricades and like physically hold them up like like bring back the rugby player days in, in order to make this happen and there's a photo after we'd gotten it up i just stayed there like just chilling right in front of the barricade wait what and so, someone so, got this photo of me oh my gosh because i literally had to get down on the ground and shoulder the barricade back up because people had like moshed so hard it was collapsed it like collapsed to the ground is that nordice to freeze in and the that's foreground nordice there to freeze running he's about to he's in his underwear about to jump back on stage he looks like Gollum <laughs> looking for the <laughs> ring dude dude it was crazy oh, Here, how much fun is that. that sam's got the camera out he's gonna he's gonna shoot it yeah dude that must have been crazy and so so, I'm still waiting. This is the only photo I've got from that so far, but I had a film photographer that got a couple <laughs> shots. So they should be in in the next few days once they get developed. But yeah, that was that was an iconic moment for sure. But okay. it was it was great. Other, was yeah. it? So how many? It was two days, right? Or two just days. One? Okay. Was it one day last time or two? It's yeah. For the past two years, it's been one day. This year we went to two. We tried to compete with UT football. It killed us a little bit, not going to lie, on Saturday. Yeah. Um, the Akron what, game? Yeah. So I was like, dude, Akron, noon, kickoff, whatever. Pushed it to seven, CBS Media Day, sold out 110,000 people. What the hell? For Akron. I, it's just because we, we were undefeated. And because we're good. And because we're good. Yeah. And because we're going to win a natty and Hendon Hooker's right, going to win the Heisman. Straight, you know, that's all there straight. is to it. Go balls. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, it did, it did hurt us on that Saturday attendance, like people's left like halfway yeah. through the day you know? so i was monitoring the lake moore hills facebook page which is which is uh, uh a neighborhood that's dear to me and uh last year they were like what is going on across the river it's so <laughs> loud because it's right no across way. the river okay, from so lakeshore you know one of these people oh oh they're my neighbors oh okay my and so I, but I, I will say last year it was like what is this what's going on i can't believe it now this year i feel like they got the memo because everybody was like i'm out on my patio listening to music oh, wait now. okay so can you hear Newground from your house no but people down the street from me can okay. because they're on the river i'm in the low rent district you know down right, towards right, right. the road they're no it they're is, on the so lake the, like we have al the same guy who's working here at second bell is our sound guy yeah yeah and he like we talk to him because we get noise complaints every year from the people down the river like you can't hear it down the road but you can hear it down the river exactly because it amplifies as it travels over the water yeah the water is like glass it just yeah. like bounces off the water so everybody that lives on the water in lake moore hills across the lake can hear it clear as day yeah the people that live in anywhere close to Rocky Hill or Lakeshore, don't even know what's going no, on. No chance. Yeah. yeah. And so like this year we moved the festival deeper into the park. So mm. farther away from the water. Okay. We had Al angle the speakers down more. Yeah. We turned the DB down to like 90, which usually for a festival, you're going to be 95 to a hundred. Okay. You know, and we like, 
were making sure that the, there were drop-off points hitting, you know, every 100 feet that our decibel levels were dropping by a certain meter so that we could literally scientifically prove that we were not blasting. Like, because people yeah. would call at, like, 10 o'clock at night and be like, they're blasting music, you know, all this, that, and that. Yeah. And it's like, we ended like 20 minutes ago and we can sh- prove that the db level was not that high like we absolutely not above. but the thing is, is is like i mean it is valid like if it if it bothers you but yeah. we have our permits we have permission exactly like, it's complete before 10 o'clock right it's all above board it's all legal and they knew it was coming this year and there were a couple complainers i'll be honest i saw mm-hmm. some complainers out there but you know what i saw this year that i didn't see last year What's that? was people saying Put on some noise canceling headphones and enjoy yourself because yeah. this is happening and you just need to so there's like a deal fa- with it. So you're telling me there's like a Facebook group where people were talking about it's our neighborhood Facebook page because it's right <laughs> across the river from Lakeshore. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So one thing I talked to the the so Lakeshore Park every year after the festival they're always like I don't know if we're going to be able to do this again like we had a lot of noise complaints <laughs> the parking you know whatever and then you know they usually come around so we'll see I mean they've said the same thing again this year and hopefully they'll come around again but well, who knows but like I've I I said to you know the the director at Lakeshore I was like do you think like we could just mail these people some like VIP ticks and they would be chill about yeah, it they would show up in their lawn chairs and not Instead be bitching of, about it from across yeah, the lake exactly i was like when i was in high school and we used to throw shows like in people's backyards we just walk around like we do a two block radius and we'd put flyers like in all their mailboxes because if you are invited to something you can't complain about it happening. sure i think you know? that was the thing last year that i noticed is that everybody was just like what the hell is going yeah, on at lakeshore park yeah. and now they knew it was coming right and they were somewhat you know informed and so it didn't it, it, it didn't take to, them I'm, by surprise i'm curious so i i always have to tell all my musicians to be family friendly because one there's people in the park outside of the festival ah. and for the neighbors we don't yeah. want to be cussing up a storm like right. and your kids are trying to do homework or whatever, absolutely you know um, but our, our headliner this year, I guess, didn't really get the, get there were, the memo. There were some F-bombs there out there. There was a couple F-bombs out there. And I was curious. I was like, did anyone complain about language? Did, did anyone they? say it? No, I didn't, did they? I, I didn't did see anything. Did you see anything? Okay, no, good. I didn't. That makes me feel better. So uh, I know Rusty kind of helped you get going yes. in your in your world. So it's cool that you're here at yes. Second Bell, like pay, paying it back, paying it forward a little bit, yeah, helping the so, man. I mean, basically... Rusty got me into this industry, got me into this world, gave me the network that started everything. I mean, introduced me to you. I yeah. mean, on top of many other people, uh, that like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do the things I I do now if it wasn't for him. And he he taught me the ropes. And now I'm to the point where I'm learning a lot from other people, and I'm also learning what not to do from Rusty mm. because I've I've been in the game for a while and matured and stuff and. And you know, Rusty's, Rusty's Rusty's made some mistakes, if right? Me, if Rusty hears me say this, he's going to agree with me. Like, because I've learned so much from him, but there's also like a lot that I'm, now that I've I've got my baseline and I'm not just consuming like every piece of information about how to run a festival or do this that and the other. I have experience and I can say, okay, well I've tried it this way and I might have a different opinion on this. And like now I can start to also observe like and get a more full picture of some of these people that I've known since I was like 14. Yeah. You know, it's just crazy. Ah, man, it's nuts that you're as young as you are and you <laughs> are as experienced as you are already. Is this still going to be your thing? Is this going to be your life? I mean, I hope so. I love it. I mean, I have to say like I've been very stressed. Like I work at the River Breeze Event Center. I don't yeah. know if you know that. That's I know. Like, yeah. Paul Coffin's playing right now. Yeah. Well, actually he canceled yesterday last no night. way yeah are dude. you kidding me you both of your jaws just dropped yeah he canceled last night are you kidding I'm me i'm not kidding you dude that's why i'm here i was gonna have to be there i was gonna set up all morning and then be there i bet he couldn't sell show. any tickets Same because with, he just played here three months ago well, the reason that they canceled is because of they got stuck in south carolina they canceled their show last night and tonight mm. for well at least that was their reasoning i They've got, they're, a, they're being competed with right now by the music you hear behind me. That's <laughs> that's my answer as an employee of the River Breeze. Yeah, I understand. I I, uh, I was at Paul Cawthon's show at the Bijou. 
one of the best shows I've seen in yeah. many years. And I'm yeah. a big fan of his too. Yeah. Uh, but River Breeze, I'm super excited about. Yeah. So I'm working at the River Breeze. Obviously, just did New Grounds. We got Second Bell. So basically, my schedule was open the River Breeze on September mm-hmm. 9 for okay. our first show, do my annual music festival September 17th and 18th, and then do second bow music festival september 30th and october 1st and then spend the rest of the year planning for the next new ground is yeah, that dude so i mean it was like the stress level was unreal like and i mean there were there were days where i was working like 18 to 20 hour shifts back to back to back like where i was getting like three or four hours of sleep like several nights in a row because I was working that many, like I would work a full 18 hour shift at River Breeze and the next day I'd work a full 18 hour shift doing Newgrounds. Wow. You know, it was like just nonstop. But dude, I'm so hyped to be at Second Bell right now. Because Me too. it means that not only has, did we do it? We yes. like all three of those things came to fruition, but like now I get to chill the hell out dude, dude. i've been uh, i've been here since wednesday well i, I dropped the airstream off on wednesday right. and then i've just kind of been back and forth setting stuff up for the podcast stuff and then uh I, i've noticed rusty's uh, uh i've watched rusty's stress level with getting the festival set yeah. up like i've just kind of watched from a distance and i've been able to see like see all of it come together and it seems like everybody now that the festival has started everything's in place yeah. and we're going we're what yeah. four or five shows in now yeah. like it's ever everything's in Dude, a groove it's until like a, it's the, like a show day is like a teeter-totter emotionally because yeah. it's like all the way down to all the way up like it's like something comes up and all of a sudden your stress level shoots all the way up <laughs> and then once you solve it you're like oh i'm a badass and it drops all the way back down you're like this festival is amazing and then yeah. something else comes up and it's like boom you know? The fact that you've got 10 minutes to sit down with me right now means that <laughs> yeah. some you guys did something right. right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have one more question. Yeah, what's uh, up? So River Breeze. Yes. Uh, I, uh, there's a boat ramp next door. I'm thinking about putting my boat in and Good. taking it downstream and dropping anchor and drinking beers and watching the show. Your thoughts. Okay. You can't <laughs> see the show from the river because of the trees. How about in the fall when all the, uh, when all the leaves fall off? Okay. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I might have to consult with the boss before I give an answer on this, but like my immediate thought is, well, my immediate thought was you're not going to be able to see it. I'll but still buy a ticket. In the fall. Okay. Okay. If you still buy a ticket. I'll still buy a ticket and I'll just sit on my boat and watch it from the, from the Holston River. Dude, I've been trying to convince Aaron to let me put a rope swing in and he just keeps being like, oh, it's a liability issue. Sure. But I mean, you know, I'm trying to get this this whole river thing more, more incorporated because they have such a flat area down there. There's like a flat area right on the water and then it goes up and then it's another flat area. Mm. But I want them, I think the plan is actually they're going to build some decks yeah. down there so you can like have like some leveled decks down on the river and then you can actually get up and watch the show from down on the waterfront. Gotcha. Um, But having the boat ramp there, I think they do want to do, they want to do like a, like a kayak night thing where they get people down. It'd be awesome. It would be so cool. It's such an asset that no other venue anywhere has. Dude, I think you should do it. I think you should pull up on the boat because I just want to see like what, like what does Aaron, what would his face be like when he saw the boat sitting there for the first time? You know, like, I yeah, wanna, like I want to know what he would say, like, if he'd be like, dude, that guy's super smart, or if he'd be like, what the hell? Like, people need to buy their tickets. Like, all right, know. I'm gonna show up on the boat, I'm gonna have uh, four people on the boat, and I'm gonna show him four tickets after <laughs> uh, after we're sitting out there watching. I don't it. think he could complain yeah. if he had a ticket because I mean, the people who live just on the other side of the water, they, they get, get a free show, yeah, yeah, you can just be like, oh, we're we're friends of the neighbors. Well, dude, thank you for putting on Second Bell. I mean, and helping everybody put this thing together because I know it's a lot. And I know that you guys spend, you know, half the year making all this happen. So good for you for doing it. And I'm so excited that you have found something that you love and that you're good at and that is a passion that you can work towards. So many people work desk jobs and they hate them. And you are kicking ass. I'm blessed, dude. I'm blessed. I tell people all the time, like one of the biggest blessings in life besides like my family and friends and everything is the fact that I like know what I want. Yeah. You know, because so many people don't. So, and it's not like, dude, like up until junior year of high school, I didn't know what I want. I was like, I'm going to be a rock star or whatever. But I'm that's when you out. start that. Nobody figures out what they want in their junior year in high school, but you that's actually true. did. And then you <laughs> turned it into a living immediately and hey, started promoting man. music festivals a as a high schooler. A I know, baby. I, yeah. I was, I know. Seriously. It's like, I, I was back in the day, like, 
I <laughs> people are saying, how can you do this when you're so young? Which, first of all, I don't really think it's that big of a deal. Like, I don't try and get on my high horse about like I'm younger, like I'm younger than you. So somehow that's like, and I I don't know. Like I for the longest time viewed it as a disadvantage, honestly, until Rusty kind of helped me flip my mental on it. But like when I was in elementary school, I used to like make paracord bracelets and sell them at school or selling candy on the playground. Entrepreneur. Yeah. I was always like, you know, pushing my band shows and all sorts of stuff. Like I've always just been doing that. I started a, we (laughs) actually, we had a charity that I started in like third grade. It wasn't like not really a charity. It was like, we just went around to a couple like local stores and restaurants and put some change jars to collect money for, yeah. you know, a, it was basically a fundraiser really. But like I, we've, I just like, I don't know. My parents just always like helped me do that stuff. And I never really, really thought about it being like, I didn't think about like, Oh, I'm starting a charity. It was just like, Oh yeah, we're just going to like, what's the best way to raise some money? Oh, what if we just put some coin jars at places? Like, let's just do it. Well, you know? you're one of those people who doesn't stay still keeps moving, yeah, keeps moving forward, right. makes, <laughs> makes stuff happen, makes, you know, there's never going to be any, uh, any downtime in your life. I feel like, I feel like no, you're always going to be yeah. moving forward no matter what happens. Dude. Yeah, I'm, and I, I mean, you're, you're definitely one of those people too. Like the fact that like, there's, there's definitely a class of people that's just like, doers that's just doers that just like you you know i tell rusty like and rusty and i agree about this is just like i don't do this because i like necessarily because i want to or because i like just love it which i do both of those things but it's like i have to like Mm. i couldn't not put on a festival like because the festival is really and i we're, we're running out of time and the band's playing in the background but like really the festival is like a projection map of my brain onto paper and onto like the ground it just like, makes everything right it, like in, like yeah seriously we were considering canceling the festival like a couple months ago because ticket sales weren't moving the way new i ground. wanted new ground yeah we just like there was a lot going on i you know self-confidence was low and we were talking about canceling it and then it was just like i realized that i wasn't mentally gonna ever recover from the festival unless it happened right because i had to see it and feel it and be there because you needed the closure 360 360- <laughs> two days a year I'm visualizing it in my brain like yeah. I literally will go to Lakeshore and just stare at the field for hours and just visualize the tents and like how I want to arrange it and so I had to actually <laughs> do it because I, else it was going to be stuck bouncing around in my brain forever it, yeah it, it, yeah you had to you had to uh, uh, discharge that yeah, from, from your mind or whatever yeah well dude thanks for sitting down and chatting with me for dude, a minute I appreciate it you. I'm glad to catch up with you it's the first time I've seen you in a long time I know so. it's been a while yeah. so it's it's been good it's, it's all it's super easy to talk to you so. well thank you you too and keep up the good work keep kicking ass and making fun stuff for me to come to <laughs> yeah man I'll do my best and we gotta get this airstream at Newground I'm down dude let's I'm do I'm down alright it's good to it. see you Tyler good to see you take care If you thought you were doing something with your life at 20 years old, you probably were. But was it this much? Was it as much as Tyler Larrabee? I don't know. Mine wasn't. Awesome chat. Glad to catch up with that dude. All right. You ready for the main event? Drew Morgan, Corey Ryan Forrester, the guys from the Well-Read Comedy Tour. It was awesome chatting with them and it was good to get to know those guys. And thanks for taking over the podcast and, you know, letting me just sit back and listen to you guys hit me with some of the funniest stuff I've been a part of in a while. But here it is. Enjoy my chat with Drew Morgan and Corey Ryan Forrester. We're doing the podcast. I saw one of your, uh, you guys cool if we go? Yeah, go ahead. I saw one of your videos on Twitter recently. I don't remember what it was, it was recently. But that you, must have made a good impression. It, <laughs> <laughs> well, your face is so, is, is unforgettable. You That's know? true, but it might have been somebody else that you saw because people are constantly saying like, dude, you were at so-and-so last weekend. And I was like, no, I'm not. And they're like, I 100% saw you there. And I was like, I 100% was at my mother-in-law's birthday. I had this face that looks like everybody's cousin or everybody's <laughs> grandson. Do I not? Pinchable. It happens a lot. It happens a lot. Does it? Yeah. So it happened to me yesterday. Somebody was like, I saw Corey last week at the Freddie Swims uh, concert. And I was like, I don't think you did. I don't do anything. Who's so Freddie you Swims? Didn't see me. Johnny Swims? Teddy Swims. If Teddy, you, Teddy it, Swims. Billy Swims? Maybe. If you weren't at my house in the past four months, you've not seen me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. I feel you. Yeah. So, oh, 
that thing's beeping. There but what go. was this? What was this hit video that you saw? Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you hear somebody doing liberal comedy or liberal political viewpoints with a Tennessee accent, you know? Yeah, right. It's six. Well, that's what I'm saying. It could have been Trey or Drew. It, it wasn't Trey. Okay, for I don't, sure. I, I don't be doing videos anymore. I gave up. Yeah. yeah. Do you get? Do you guys work together a lot? You, you do you both live in L.A. No, I, I'm the only one that doesn't live in L.A. Actually, okay, I'm still in I'm still in Georgia, Chickamauga, which is about a stone's throw away from Chattanooga, Tennessee. For those okay. that don't know where Chickamauga is, yeah, it's the kind of town where they throw a lot of stones too. They sure I mean. do, and glass houses because that's all they you know. and at women. Yeah, <laughs> were you guys both on the Well Read? Yeah, comedy mm-hmm. tour. Yeah, both of you with Trey. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. I feel like Trey got the got the 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 eyes open yeah. to like, oh wait, you talk like that, but you aren't a fucking trumper. Oh, <laughs> for sure. It's. I mean, you can say what you want about Trey, and me and Drew both will if you let us. But uh, <laughs> it's now kind of a thing, and it was not a thing before Trey opened his. I mean, we'd all been doing it, but but when Trey really popped he did it on the internet, when yeah. when Trey really popped on the internet, he sort of created a genre of comedy if you and get on tiktok he absolutely created a genre yeah like like yeah. you like again of people who would probably thumb their noses at him ironically. yeah for sure for sure like you don't have to like him or not but you can't deny that he kind of invented a genre of comedy that again we were all doing but he got popular and now people are like that's a thing and it is a thing and it rules and it's it. wild too because most of the kids on tiktok who do it are a pretty far left like they're very pro union and they're like they're like borderline socialists and so they'll like kind of roll their eyes at Trey who's a little less left and it's just so funny because and then when we started it was the opposite where stand up comics would roll their eyes at what Trey was doing because if you can believe it kids there was a time where in comedy if you did internet stuff you were a loser people look down on you yeah. really oh you're oh, some yeah. internet guy not a real stand up right cuz now it's now it's just how it works you know like it used to be, uh, Roy Wood Jr. put it to us really great. He's like, there's a bunch of people looking down their nose on people doing YouTube stuff. He goes, but these are the same people who like, back in the day when TV first became a thing, there were all these old heads that were like, no, radio, that's where real comedy is. And then it was TV for a while. And now this is just the new thing. And people don't want to accept that because like, no, 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 we do I'm TV. right here. You can say my name. <laughs> I don't think like, I feel like oh no I wasn't talking about you but I don't want to accept it but for me it's more like I don't enjoy it you know like, oh I don't I mean I don't like, enjoy I got into it this, like I got in this to not have it like to have a job I was passionate what am I trying to say you remember when the, uh, the talkies showed up and some of the silent film stars had goofy yeah. voices right. I was like man this dude can act but he talks like this and yeah, he right. can't do war movies anymore <laughs> right that's me trying to get on the internet people are like dude you, you're funny and I'm like well just come see me live I guess I don't know <laughs> oh I mean I, did, I mean I wish that I was just a television television star (laughs) to tell you the truth you mean you're more than just a television star (laughs) yeah yeah i'm just saying like uh it it, but it just is the reality that like when people ask me all the time they're like hey man i want to i want to get started in comedy can you give me advice about like when you started in comedy and i'm like you have to understand when i started in comedy and right now are two completely different things can you give me advice yeah right exactly like you're yeah please teach me how to tiktok like dude because i don't know any of that stuff but like isn't it weird to be the old guy now oh yeah and and i like it suits the way do? I do it. Yeah. it. It's refreshing for me because I've been, I started at 16 and I was the young guy until last year. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. 17, 18 years into my career, I was still the young guy. So no, I'm with Drew. I, I mean, I enjoy it. It happens like that. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't old enough to know what I was doing for a minute. Yep. And then the next thing I knew, I was too old to be relevant. People were like, sir, yeah. <laughs> are you okay? Yeah. And you're yeah. like, no, I'm not okay. <laughs> Earlier, I was at this coffee shop, right? I went, I wanted an espresso to put in my beer. I'm a weirdo. And uh, the dude made it right in front of me. Yeah. Made my espresso shot. I'm sitting there, I'm texting people on my phone. He's talking to somebody else out there. He walks by me to the other side of the counter and set it down. I didn't notice any of that. I'm ticking on my phone. Then I hear, oh, sir, your coffee's here. And I'm like, he walked by me. And I grabbed it and I go, thank you. That was unnecessary on the way out. And I said that as I turned. And as I turned and I said that was unnecessary, I thought, oh, I'm my dad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It happens real quick. The get some, off my lawn shit yeah, happens so fast. Yeah, some kid with an earring and an oversized T-shirt, because that's what the kids are doing now, made my coffee and then just mindlessly set it down. And I berated him for no... I didn't berate him, but I made a comment for no reason. <laughs> 
Yeah, like everybody that every younger person that sends me a DM on Twitter, it starts with Mr. Forster. I know you probably get a lot of messages <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? And like, yeah. and I don't pull the whole like, Mr. Forster is my dad. Call me Corey. I just let it ride because it's the yeah. most I've ever been respected. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. How'd you guys <sighs> get? Sorry. Oh, yes. Comedy. Sir. Sorry. There's Sorry about comedy. That. We got farts and burps in Farts here. and burps. We're, we're good to go. Yeah, Some sorry. things never change, no matter the medium. Are, are you guys both from here? Or Knoxville? Or no? I'm from near here. You ever but heard of Sunbright? Yeah, uh, no. Uh, yes, I've heard of it. I don't know where it is. I can't put it on a map. Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary? Yeah. yeah. We're close to there. Okay. And yeah. are you from Chickamauga? Chickamauga, Georgia. Battle of Chickamauga. Bloodiest two-day battle in the entire Civil War. And Hell yes, yeah. that is the thing everybody there is the most proud of. But I'm really close to Chattanooga, <laughs> Tennessee, for all of y'all that don't know where Chickamauga is. So if you were down in our southern cred, we got Civil War battle and a prison. That's yeah, our claims right. to fame. That's pretty good. Yeah, his, his people got money. And our neighboring tell. town... Uh, is Ringgold, which is famously where Dolly Parton got married. So mm. pretty good credentials. Got here. married to uh, what's his name, Dean? Yeah, uh, the, not. I don't even know what is the, the dude that's cool with her doing whatever is what that his guy. name's Dean. Is yeah, Dean, something Dean. How, how, Dean's not seen Dean, a lot of it? stuff. Dean it, Parton. Does he exist? Yeah, I've seen it, him. It, Are you it's sure? A, it's like Oprah uh, with uh, Stedman. Stedman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's the same thing. It's the same thing. No, right? he exists, and he's Carl probably, Dean. He's Carl like. He's like right. the dream. Like your wife is just, you know, otherworldly crushing. She's super hot. You just kind of hang back and everybody knows that you're married to Dolly Parton. You clearly don't have to get a job. But he has one, too, because he's an old boy. Right. He's like a Mason or something. See? Really? Brick Dude, Mason. That yeah. guy has the greatest. Something like that. And I mean, Jolene was written about him, right? Uh, nah, man, Dolly's one of those people. Nah. like. So you got to believe the narrative. Dolly, it, Dolly's like Jason Isbell. Like, he don't have a friend with cancer. He just wrote Elephant because he was sad one <laughs> yeah, night. Yeah, and like the rumor is that I Will Always Love You was actually about Porter Wagner for right. her having to leave the show. Yeah. But that dude, like. And that was like if a fatherly Do love. If thing. Dolly is the queen of country music, then he's the king consort. You know what I'm saying? I feel you. Which is a wonderful spot to be in. It's like you're the king consort, but you don't have to do any king stuff. I don't wonderful. know what that means. King consort. So if you're so like oh, right I don't that care. fridge, so, so don't beep at us. No, okay. Well, I'm I was just, just gonna. Tell, I, but like, so uh, when Queen Queen Elizabeth was the queen because it was her bloodline, right? Yeah. Now Charles is the king, but you don't just call Camilla the queen. Because she's not the queen in title, she's the queen consort. So whoever, like, uh, Philip was the king consort, not the king. Because the king would be like, I'm the, you're only, you're the king or your king consort. It's bloodline stuff, right? Yeah. Every time I ask the question about royalty, other than are they um, inbred or are they dead, how they die, I regret it. And that probably works with Dolly, too. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the inbred joke? Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. You guys want to hear a quick funny story about Dolly that happened to me in Bristol last weekend? Yes. Blue Ridge Comedy Club, new club in Bristol, Tennessee. Uh, great place. It's awesome. My buddy Sean runs it. Uh, if you're around Bristol, they got great comedy going on. I was at a bar afterwards hanging out, and I was talking about Reba McIntyre, and my buddy's wife doesn't like Reba. And we were yelling at each other drunkenly, but like jovially about yeah, yeah, Reba right. McIntyre. I ended up, I got up on a table and was like <laughs> doing a Reba McIntyre speech. Well, half the people outside where we were at left because they were like, what the hell's happening? But the other half was like gathering around. And this dude, this like new school, like, I don't know, just like this dude had just moved to town. You know what I mean? Like new to town douchebag was like, uh, okay, I think Reba's overrated too. Who's your top? country vocalist and i was like well look if we're going all time i'd have to think about it but I'll, I'll say the last 30 40 years i can i can throw that one at you and i was like dolly patty loveless oh, yeah. Re and then he goes dolly dolly's the most overrated dolly sucks. What? why do what how do you win why would you pick a fight with dolly's name at this point at this stage of the game so all she's that, having a moment all that's flowing through me right yeah but what i'm realizing is i listen to this dude he's like he's got like a mustache he's got like real cuffed jeans he's got work boots but they're super clean like you know and then he says i'm sitting there like okay dolly's overrated he's like she's not even in the top 10 and i go okay not even vocalist top 10. yes female vocalist in country not even in the top 10 and then he says, well, I used to date her niece, and I was so mad as I looked at this dude's outfit, because what I realized is, you don't believe this. 
Like right. just like you don't mean this outfit. You're right. a person who does things to get attention because yeah. instead of having a personality, you and have you're, conjured you're clickbait in real life. Yep. Yes. So I'm getting angrier as a as a comedian who hates the internet and yeah, what right. it's doing in my art form. Like he, this dude now represents everything wrong in my right. life. Like the fact that I can't keep up on the internet. The fact that everyone's taking my culture and boiling it down. And then he says, "Well, I used to date her niece." And then, like, you ever hear yourself talk? Like, I like I heard myself say to this man, uh, I don't care if you came on her husband's face. You don't get to say that. You, you, like, no one cares. I said, you don't believe that. Just like you don't believe in this outfit, that jacket, this stupid fucking mustache, the four-inch cuffs, and those work boots you've never worked a day in. You're not even worth having this argument with because nothing about you is real. And then I finished my beer and set it in the trash can and just walked out. And I was like, God, I was... like. My my friend texted me. He was like, "That was awesome," but I was like, "No, that was embarrassing because I came very close to punching a twenty four yeah. year old stranger over something he didn't even mean." No, yeah. I don't blame you though, because like, first off, let's get this out there. There's never been an artist that is completely perfectly rated. Sure, everyone is either overrated or underrated. And if he had said she should be three instead of one. But, but the thing is, but, but, even if, or if he just believed it, if I thought that you really don't think Dolly Parton, you don't know but shit. You, but you can't say, there's certain people who elevate themselves so much and transcend so much that regardless of how you personally feel about them, you cannot say that they are, quote, overrated. I'm sorry that you don't like Dwayne The Rock Johnson's movies. He's the number one highest-selling actor right now. He's done it by working his ass off. He is appealing to almost every demographic on earth. You don't like him? Great. Not overrated. But if somebody said, I think Dwayne The Rock Johnson's overrated, here's why. Uh... The Hollywood has run out of American superstars. Fair. We have replaced them with British. It goes down the line, and I'm like, I disagree with you, but this is something that you've thought about. What made me mad, and, and people won't believe me from East Tennessee because it's like an unofficial rule that if somebody talks on talks mess on Dolly, we got to fight. Yeah, right? yeah. Sure. Well, you can say wrote, all that you want about Jesus. We literally wrote that you have to do that in our book. <laughs> our book yeah, the liberal um, redneck manifesto, Dragon Dixie out of the dark, available wherever you get your books or at wellworthcomedy.com. But what bothered me about this great read? What Thank bothered you. me about this guy? <laughs> was that immediately I knew that he didn't mean it. That this guy has developed in his mid-twenties the personality of, I'm the dude at the bar who's not afraid to say the thing. Well, actually, guys, this. I don't know if you've ever thought of it this way. And it's like, we've all thought, like, it's just so boring to me. I have a serious problem with the dress-up country movement. The uh, Oh, right, I forgot you were there. (laughs) 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 Sorry. Me and Drew into a dolly thing. Can I hang out on your guys' podcast? (laughs) Is that cool? What is this podcast called, by the way? South of Scruffy. South of Scruffy. We're here. Wait, what's the name of your podcast? Oh, well, the Well-Read Podcast or Putting on Airs. Do you have both? Yeah, we have both. Gravy Baby. Gravy Baby. Also, Little House of the Dragon, a review show with me and my sister about House of the Dragon. We've got a lot of stuff going on. Are there too many podcasts? No. (laughs) Not enough hoes, if that's what you were getting (laughs) at, but yes. I have a a problem with the dress-up country movement. For sure. Uh, 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 Johnny Cash picked cotton. You know, Elvis Presley did some... Elvis Presley picked cotton. He picked 13-year-olds. Yeah. 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 One of them name was Cotton, though. It's Cottonella. He was lucky. That was his second wife. But these guys coming out and, and the guy with the rolled up pant legs and the and the work boots talking some shit just because it's popular sounds right. Well, look, I've done it. You know, I've been guilty at 22 of dressing a certain way or whatever. I get that. It's not that. It's more of like, but then you come with this non-research. You don't believe it. If you believed in your heart that Dolly Parton's overrated, I would be like, man, me and this dude got something to argue about. It, it, nothing he had he, on, said, or did that night was mm, real. Well, it was all put on. He's just the guy that... Talk, that says Game of Thrones sucks because everybody likes it. Sure, that like there's a there's a type of dude out there, and I hate this type of dude. That's They're like, called haters. That's like if trolls. And, and by the way, trolls. And I'm listen. In my mid twenties, I was absolutely one of these people, and it's the reason that it took me a long time to get into Harry Potter. But you were charming, maybe. I, I don't, but this like, but I'm saying like, you know that like mid twenties when you have the like, I only drink hoppy beer and like, I don't like things that other people like. Like I was kind of like that and everybody, like everybody around me was like, you need to watch Harry Potter. You need to listen to Harry Potter. And I was like, because everyone says that there's no way it's good. Well, 
There's certain instances, Harry Potter being one of them, and Dolly Parton for goddamn sure being one of them, that 50 million Elvis fans can't be wrong. She rules. Mm. And you're just trying to have this personality at the bar of like, I see something that y'all don't see. I'm cool. Right. And two people think he's cool. And everybody but, else is like, fuck this guy. But that's lessons, not a sustainable uh, approach to take. Yeah, it's not a sustainable for your life. But I want to say something about what you said about Dress Up Country. My first closer, my first like big closer when we were on tour the first year was about that very A closer thing. is your last joke for the, those that The don't joke know. you end your set on, yeah. Yep. We actually, there's a sketch. If people are listening and want to look it up, you type in Well Read Comedy Central. We've got a few se- sketches with Comedy Central. And there's one set in the restaurant about this very thing. And mm. it's about country dress up becoming cool and not just in the way people dress but also like restaurants having barnwood reclaim barnwood and all that kind of thing but when i was doing that joke i did it for about two years towards the end i added a part where my wife kind of made me realize when we were living in new york like yeah it's annoying people playing country dress up but because that's cool now we can hear good country music in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can get barbecue in Brooklyn from a chef or a guy or gal who grew up in the South and makes it correctly. It becoming mainstream or whatever you want to say. Lame people liking your thing sucks, but it also makes your thing more available and it makes the right. artists you like make more money. We got a good buddy, I don't think I'm allowed to say his name, who gets who's a country star in the alt world, but it gets paid by Nashville to add authenticity to lyrics. Mm. He has a six-figure deal to add authenticity to people who are less talented than him's music. Yeah. But like to make it culturally appropriate. But he bought a house with that money. Yeah. Nashville itself the city is an example of that where it's like yeah now there's so many fucking lame people in nashville but it's like yeah it's because y'all were screaming about how cool it was for so long everybody can't like can you blame people for coming to a place that everybody screamed was so cool that's what that's what happens if you if you're in a city and that city is cool prepare for that city to be ruined because why wouldn't everybody want to come there oh man i love austin so much austin's so great exactly so like country music becoming like like the it thing is like it sucks because radio country is so homogenized with bullshit but at the same time like drew said it does make you sit back and go all right everybody kind of cares about us for a second so how tied are you guys to your south and i know we got we got to get you guys ready for your set here you got some oh, stuff bad. to do but uh so uh, how much do you feel like your uh culture is being encroached upon or or being appropriated for uh, commercial uses or reasons out there and is it bad or is it good that it becomes like you said the reason that you can get good barbecue in Brooklyn Does it is it cool that it gets out there and kind of pushes a little well, bit and makes people aware of it but do you but how is it as far as people well, misrepresenting it if I'm being honest with you I wish there was I used to wouldn't say this but I wish there was actually more of that because right now in society what people do with my culture is point at it and go, this is the reason the world sucks. You know what I'm saying? Like, my, how, how like do you mean? The, I don't know. The thing that I am, this accent, trucker cap, yes, it's cool to some people, but a lot of people look at that and go, those are the people that vote all these people in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I do kind of wish that we were universally loved and revered for more than just twang, I guess, in a certain sense. Because I don't really, like, living there, I don't really feel feel that as much. This, like, universal love and appropriation. Like, I see it in Nashville or whatever, but, like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm constantly having to argue for us, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, like, back us up. Mm. And so that's kind of... So, so, like, yeah, I mean, when I see somebody from, you know, uh, Britain or whatever comes over here, drops his British accent, becomes a country star, of course, it's like, damn, I wish that had happened to one of us. But He's it, from Australia. Keith yeah, Urban? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I like Keith Urban, so I wasn't trying to do that. But, like, <laughs> which, by the way, like, country doesn't mean the South, technically. You know what I'm saying? It's, all, it's country and West. It's a style. But, I, but what I'm saying is, like, I don't. If you're sitting there telling me like, oh, the the world thinks country is so cool, I don't really buy it as much as what you're laying it on because we are also the people that everybody goes, you're the reason that a certain someone got elected. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. For yep. me, I think it's uh, I think it's one of life's uh, 
genuinely interesting paradoxes. Uh, we're not the only community that goes through this. You look at rap, if you follow that, they've had to deal with this thing. Uh, country music's dealt with it over and over again from the outlaw movement to whatever was going on in the 90s. Garth Brooks was an outsider, then he became the biggest thing. So Stadium the, country. These cycles happen. I think for me, how I feel about it, it's sort of paradoxical. Um, we, meaning you, a guy, you're creating culture. You have this podcast. It is about being South of Scruffy. It is our job to protect our, if no one else is going to care about it but us, mm. to tell people this is more authentic. To tell people, I'm glad that you heard Morgan Wallen sing that song, Cover Me Up. Did you know that a man from Alabama named Jason Isbell wrote it and that he has a wild history in Southern music from the truckers to his own thing and that he's a great songwriter? It's our responsibility, I think, to like kind of make sure that the culture is kept up with properly but at the same time the fact that we need to do that because it's out there paradoxically i'm happy so like i want people in nashville spending their money thinking that buying a cowboy hat and listening to the florida georgia line because i'll go there and do a comedy show they fall in uh, uh, from a bachelor party and then i'll be like this is what we're really like but if Mm. but i never would have met them if these pieces of shit florida georgia line (laughs) hadn't have put on leather and pretended that they were something that they weren't and it that's that was way better said than what i said and i'm sorry but it does make me proud of my culture because people do that for their bachelor parties they you got these people from arizona who for one week are coming into Nashville and they're wearing cowboy hats and jeans and boots. They're getting on. Nobody they're just gonna puke on the street and have sex with a twenty-two-year-old. I'm like, look, I'm glad that's and our listen to Hank. Think. And I'm saying, but like, nobody is like for our bachelor party. We're going to New Jersey. We're wearing leather jackets. <laughs> we're listening to Andrew Dice Clay the whole time. You know what I mean? Like, I, we have that. a fun fucking culture, is what yeah. I'm saying. Like, it makes sense. I've done that. Uh, me too. <laughs> me too. We literally did it for his birthday. Me too. We went you, and watched Andrew Dice Clay in leather. But jackets. you know what I'm that's saying. Hilarious. No, nobody goes and cosplays Pacific Northwest. No, you know what I'm saying, like right. So the cosplay culture allows us to actually be accepted. Yeah, to a certain extent. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, and it does bother me. Don't don't get me twisted. Like I don't I, like I, that guy. I just told that story. I hated him for a moment. Right. I embarrassed myself. In my opinion, yeah. Well, to combine our things, it bothers me when those people come down here and 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 take all our good stuff and then shit on us afterwards. Mm. When they come down here and they have their cowboy hats and their jeans on and they sing in the honky-tonks and then they leave and go back to their blue state and go, glad we only had to spend a week there because, you know, XO, whatever the fuck. Or the reverse, some asshole from Ohio who loves Florida Georgia Line and really wishes he could be as... I don't yeah. know, racist as he imagines the South is. So he uh, moves down here. Come, to here's a be fantasy racist. camp. Yeah. Yeah. He thinks he's going to racist fantasy camp, you know? <laughs> I know three dudes. I'm not kidding. Drew knows this. I know three dudes with rebel flag tattoos in different spots of their body calf, arm, back. All three of them from the North moved to the South. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I yeah. Just that's hit your the, that's shit. the bad part of the thing. Yeah. We saw Chris Stapleton and Bo Cephas play a show and in Indiana and a guy had on a rebel hat, a cowboy hat that was all rebel flag. And, uh, I went and talked to him and I go, Hey man, where you from? You know, and all that. And then why'd I'm you steal my hat? About got in a fight with that guy. Cause I was like, he's like, I'm from Indiana. And I go, so it's just hate, not heritage. Like you got it backwards. Ooh, right. And yeah, there's a theme. I got to stop fighting people based on her clothes. <laughs> uh, don't judge anybody unless you don't like their outfit. No, no, dude, no, 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 no. Judge everybody just not based on their skin color. Right. I'll, judge I'll everybody based on what they do or their culture. Yeah. Ju- judging by the content of what yeah. they do, how they show you, how they show you who they are. Yeah. That's hundred percent. Yeah. So shows, you guys got shows coming up. I Anything? do not. Raleigh, North, <laughs> yes, we do. Raleigh, North oh, that's Carolina. Right. Uh, October 7th, 8th, 9th, 6th or 8th, 6th or 8th, October 6th or 8th, Good Nights theaters? Comedy Club. Yeah. Or Good clubs. Nights Comedy cool. Club. I will be in Savannah, Georgia at the Wormhole, uh, Atlanta, Georgia at the something brewery. You can go to DrewMorganComedy.com uh, and find out all that info. Hell but I'm yeah. going to be Atlanta and Savannah, October like 20th and 21st. Any relation to Leanne Morgan? Uh, we tell each <laughs> other wish. we're cousins because that's my girl. <laughs> uh, I doubt she's listening. We but Leanne, be- if you're listening, I miss you so bad. Uh, oh, honey, you're so uh, precious. I, yeah, I got, I'm got. i with Drew, October 6th through 8th, uh, Raleigh, Goodnight's Comedy Club, which I'm looking forward to. But other than that, I'm not touring a lot because I'm f- about to be a, a dad, so I'm baby-proof in the house. Congratulations. So, thank you. I appreciate that. So you can find all my shenanigans at Park. Part-time funnyman.com. It's sort of like my pa- it's sort of like my Patreon. 
uh, and it there's five dollars a month for a subscription. Uh, it gets you bonus podcast essays, all sorts of stuff. But if you can't afford it, just email buttercreamcory at gmail.com and I'll comp you. You don't have to give me some sob story. Just just be like, yo, I ain't got the money. I got you. So we that's don't just like what I'm read. Doing. So I like, don't tell him why you don't yeah, have please, the money. Please, please, yeah. you don't have to. Just be and, like, and I, I can't afford it. Give and me the Nikki Glazer move. Right? I don't yeah. want to see the screen cap he sends us, and he's like, can you believe they're still telling me why they can't afford it? I'm like, yeah, dude, they're embarrassed. <laughs> you got you got time to write this email. Get out, get yeah, a goddamn all you job. Do is say I can't afford it, and I'll give it to you because uh, I do enjoy making money from doing what I do. But it, I don't want it to like deter you from enjoying the stupid things that I do. So parttimefunnyman.com. Yeah, if, think- if that website don't work, you can go to coreyisahero.com for those of you. <laughs> Is that right? Dot uh, <laughs> org. Dot org. My bad. You nonprofited it. Yeah, motherfucker. I love it, dude. Guys, thanks so much for for doing this. I'm glad to finally meet you after following your stuff for a while. So yeah, thanks man. for having us. I'm thanks sorry that we screamed on at you. And uh, no, thanks for having me on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate the hell out of it. Uh, have a good set tonight. Thank you. Thanks, All brother. Right. See you guys. Marathon, baby. It was a marathon. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I enjoyed doing it. Thank you guys for being here. We'll see you real soon. Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. Balls by Fitty. Pitchwire. Play me out.